Oh God, our hope we cannot measure. Our path to life is free. Our Savior has our treasure. And he will walk with me and thee. Amen. We humans are wired for optimism. I read a book last year by an MD named Lisa Rankin, title of her book, Mind Over Medicine. My little sister Carrie said, Dwight, you need to read this. My little brother Greg says, Dwight, you need to read this. I decided I needed to read it, and I did. Glad I did. Here's the physician Lisa Rankin's bottom line. I'll put it on the screen for you. There's proof that you can radically alter your body's physiology just by changing your mind, opening your heart, and connecting to your spirituality. Wow. And then to prove her point, she cites study after study after study. Take the case of knee pain and knee surgeries. This is fascinating. The New England Journal of Medicine featured Dr. Bruce Mosley, an orthopedic surgeon renowned for the surgeries he performed on people with debilitating knee pain. Some of you know exactly all about that. Now, here's the, here's the crucial line. In a randomized, double-blinded placebo, you know placebo is something that's fake, placebo-controlled clinical trial published in one of the most highly respected medical journals today, patients of Dr. Mosley were divided into two groups. All right, group number one. These are the ones that want the real deal from this great doctor, and they get it, all right? They want that super surgery. Group number two underwent an elaborately crafted sham or fake surgery during which the patient was sedated. Three incisions were made in the same location as in the real surgery, and the patient was shown a pre-recorded tape of someone else's surgery on the video monitor. I'm absolutely sure you could not get by with that today. I'm just sure of it. Dr. Mosley even, by the way, splashed water around to mimic the sound of the, of the lavage procedure where they have to clean out the wound. As expected, one-third of the patients getting the real deal surgery experienced resolution of their knee pain. That's about his success rate. But what really, listen, what really shocked the researchers with that was that those getting the sham or fake surgery had the same result. One-third of them reported, you know, doc, that was a wonderful surgery. I feel better. You took my pain away. In fact, at one point in the study, this is interesting, those who had received the sham surgery were actually having less knee pain than those who had gotten the real surgery, probably because they hadn't undergone the trauma of the surgery. Listen, folks, we are wired. We are wired for optimism. We want to believe the best. And when we do, the results can be stunning. Take a study they did with 34 college students. I said this morning, this is a beautiful uh, representation of, thir of 34 college students. So you can picture this age group. Here's the study. It was actually published in the Pavlovian Journal of Biological Science. So I have a 15-year-old uh, PowerPoint creator, producer, and he was with me yesterday. And I said, do you know who Pavlov is? Yo, he's a man that rang the bell and the dog's salivated. That's the one. So it's a journal named after him. 
In this study, 34 college students were hooked up to monitors and told that the, the electric current would be passed through their heads. Study participants were warned that they might experience headaches as a side effect. Although not one volt of current was actually used, more than two-thirds of the students reported headaches. Man, this is killing me. Boy, they told us that right. Yeah, no wonder I got that headache. We are wired for optimism. We want to believe the best, or in this case, the worst, and the results conform to our mindset. Guess what? Lisa Rankin quotes Ralph Waldo Trine, and I, when I saw this line, I'm going to put it on the screen now. When I saw this line, I said, this is truth. This is truth. Here's a line on the screen. Never affirm or repeat about your health what you do not wish to be true. I'm going to let that hang on the screen for a moment. Isn't that something? The moment I saw it, I said, man, that's the truth. Now, I've had to rephrase it for me to keep remembering it, so I'm going to put my little rephrasing on the screen for you right now. Never say to your mind what you don't want your body to hear. That's it. Never say to your mind what you don't want the body to hear. So much of how we think becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? Oh, man, I feel the depression coming on. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I'm telling you, it's getting worse. I'll never do well on this exam. I just don't have the smarts. I know I'm going to flunk it. Oh, never say to your mind what you don't want your body to hear. Nobody loves me. No, I'm the most unlovable human being in the world. Well, guess what? You just became one. Don't, don't, don't say that to yourself. Mm -mm. Never say to your mind what you don't want the rest of you to hear. We are wired for optimism. So when we embrace pessimism too many times, we have ourselves to blame. Now, she devotes in this book five or six pages to the, the contrast between pessimists and, and uh, optimists. Here they are. I'm going to run them by you. Turns out optimistic patients recover better than recover better from coronary bypass surgery, enjoy healthier immune systems, and live longer. They fare better when suffering from conditions such as cancer, heart disease, and kidney failure. Wow. I know this is bad, but I'm going to get over it. I'm going to be fine one day. Hmm. Here's another one. Let me put it on the screen. Optimists also live longer than pessimists. People with a positive outlook are 45% less likely to die within a specified period of time from all causes than negative thinkers, and 77% less likely to die from heart disease. Isn't that amazing? In fact, she found out that a positive attitude also affects, she, she quotes a, a study on this, our, our ability to ward off infection. So what they did in one study was they gathered a group of uh, participants, they, they, they measured their personality types, and then they told them that they were giving them either a cold or the influenza or a flu. So they obviously put some uh, viruses in their nose. And what did they discover? They discovered that those with sunny dispositions were more resilient than those without. Last one. Come on. Let me put it on the screen. In one study, pessimists had twice as many infectious diseases and twice as many doctor visits as optimists. Hey, which, which patient do you think the doctor enjoys visiting, the pessimist or the optimist? It's a no-brainer. Come on. 
We are wired for optimism, which is why, by the way, worship always begins with praise. Come on, think with me now. Praise is the most optimistic spiritual activity your mind and body can engage. One of the shortest psalms in all the Holy Scripture leaps off the page with its optimism. And Chaplain Jose just led us through a moment ago. Let me put it back on the screen so we get it. Psalm 100. This is a shorty. But look at all the optimism here. Shout for joy. Boy, that's optimism right off the bat. Uh, By the way, the King James says, make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Optimism again. Come before him with joyful songs. Optimism. Know that the Lord is God. Come on. Does it get better? Yep. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You are not a little bit of fateless flotsam being batted about on the winds of change. No, 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 no. You've got God's fingerprints all over you. You are not here by accident. You are not here on this planet by accident. You were made by him, and you are wired for optimism. Keeps going. When you come into the church, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Optimistic? Are you kidding? Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Can I get an amen for that song? Come on. Optimism. We were wired for optimism. Wow. Worship always begins with optimism. It begins with praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures. Where, how's it go? Here below. Praise him, up, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. For centuries, some of God's closest friends on earth who speak English have begun their worship with that beautiful four-line confession. It's called a doxology. Doxology is a a word, is an English word made of two Greek words. Doxos is glory, and logos, as you already know, is word. So this is a word of glory, a, a word glorifying God. Why do I glorify God? Because it's from him all blessings flow. Boy, I'm telling you what, Safari, another beautiful prayer, another beautiful prayer. And I love how you ended it. In, you didn't do this. You didn't do this in, uh, in uh, First Church, but I love that hallelujah at the end, huh? Yeah, that, she called an audible, and that was beautiful. That was optimistic all the way through. She said, she's thanking God. She said, what a joy, what a privilege. Oh, and there are people suffering. Yes, we remember the Ratnam family, Tra- tragic death. We remember Sharon Dugan, the, the manager of WAUS, who's not doing well in the hospital right now. We lifted them up. But that doesn't take our optimism away. No, we enter your gates with thanksgiving. We cut, enter your courts with praise. You say, ah, God, come on, do I get off, get off your high horse? I don't feel like I'm very blessed right now. Well, I'm glad you told me that. Because optimism is not something you feel. It's something you believe. So when Jesus says to somebody he's just touched, yo, According to your faith, let it be to you. You don't feel this. You won't look different. But if you believe, you'll be different. It's not how you feel. It's how you believe. And I believe that God is alive and well in my life today. By the way, even when the news is bad, terribly bad, 
optimism still reigns. Oh, boy, do you remember this story? Dark and awful day when the enemy was marching on the outnumbered and outgunned people of God. The leader calls for a massive prayer meeting. I love that when leaders realize, you know, there's something. We can't change this. I don't care how bright our team is. We can't change this. And they bring all the people in. They say, listen, we got to be praying over this. And that's what this leader did. And from the, from the oldest to the youngest, they all gathered, and the leader himself prayed, and the prayer went something like this, O oh Lord God Almighty, God of our fathers and our mothers, we are in huge trouble. An enemy is coming on us. We have no power to overcome this enemy. And then I remember the last line of the prayer. I'll never forget it, and I hope you remember it as well. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you optimism. We're not giving up. Yeah, well, you know the story. Everybody knows the story. Right there in the middle of this massive prayer meeting, guess what? One of the worship leaders, I love our worship leaders because they know how to praise. And one of the worship leaders leaps to his feet in the middle of the, of the prayer meeting, and he cries out, I have a message from God. Oh, yeah? What'd you hear? Don't be afraid of this enemy horde. Go out to face them tomorrow. You will be victorious in God's power. And the king and all their people, all the people, they just fall on their faces. The Bible says they, in, in worship before God. And then comes this line. And you've got to see this. This is 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 19. Then some of the Levites, these are the worship leaders and the singers and the choir, some of the Levites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Now, I know how some people are with praise music. Oh, they don't like loud praise music. No, no, tone it down. Tone it down. Turn it down. Turn it down. You can't do that. You can't do that when that spirit of praise comes over you. You leap to your feet with a very loud voice. You sing the praises of God. I knew I'd get an amen from this group. Wow. And it gets even better. And by the way, they haven't even seen the results yet. Can you believe this? Talking about optimism, this is optimism. They haven't even seen the results, and they're thanking God in advance. That is optimism at its highest. And God honors optimism. He says, boy, girl, I wired you for that. Good for you. But then I love what comes next. Early the next morning, after consulting the people, King Jehoshaphat appoints men, probably women too, to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness What's he doing? He's putting together an impromptu choir. And as they went out at the head of the army, oh, did you catch that? The choir goes out at the head of the army. Look at this fine choir that we have today. At the head of the army, there they go. <laughs> Man. And what happens? The instructions are, this is what you're to sing. Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Oh, I love that. And as they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and the enemy was defeated. Defeated. You know why? And I'll tell you why. Because that's what praise always does. It defeats the enemy. I'm telling you, Lucifer is the most pessimistic and pitiable creature in the universe, and if he had his way, he would turn you into a pessimist and pitiable soul. Always whining, always whimpering. Poor me. Not poor you. Blessed you. Blessed you. Wow. I'm telling you, we were wired for optimism. 
Praising God is the most optimistic and potent way you possibly, possibly can worship Him. It's the most potent of all. Oh, I got to put this on here. So, because I, I, can I, can you do that? I altered the 100th Psalm. Enter His gates with the very loud voice of thanksgiving, and His courts with the very loud voice of praise. Hmm. Thank you. We got the right people in this choir. I can tell you, we got the right ones. Isaac Watts comes along and he takes Psalm 100. Some places it's called Old Hundred. Not the tune. This is a different tune. Isaac Watts paraphrases Old 100, and when he comes to the third stanza, he picks up on this very loud voice. Watch this. Third stanza, we'll crowd thy gates, O God, with thankful songs. High as the heavens, our voices raise. Now read that again. High as the heavens, our voices raise. That's very loud praise. Oh, I love that. We'll crowd thy gates with thankful songs. High as the heavens, our voices raise. And earth with her 10,000 tongues shall fill thy courts with sounding praise. My, oh, my, oh, my. Divine optimism is always reflected in human praise. A century ago, boy, I'm going to put some words on the screen. My last little quote here. Words on the screen that nailed it. This is so right. Look at this. Shall we be recipients of God's mercies and never express our gratitude to Him? Never praise Him for what He's done? Gimme, 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 gimme. Keep reading. We do not pray any too much. No, no, no. But we are too sparing of giving thanks. Is this Thanksgiving that's coming up now? We are too sparing of giving thanks. Pray. Pray earnestly and without ceasing, but do not forget to... What's the word? Don't forget to praise. My, oh, my, oh, my. In fact, I say let's tear a page out of Holy Scripture's playbook. And every time we have a prayer time, that we begin it with praise time. Praise time, prayer time. Praise time, prayer time. Praise time first. Prayer time next. He said, Dwight, man, I'm going to get to that praise time, and I'm not going to be able to think of a single thing to say to praise God. Well, I'm going to share something with you that I already know you know. I learned this little rhyme as a boy in Sabbath school, and I guess, and I'm imagining that you also learned it too. If you can't think of anything else to begin a prayer session in terms of praise, then you just remember this, and you start singing this. Praise Him, praise Him, all ye little children. God is love, God is love. Praise Him, praise Him, all ye little children. God is love, God is love. Oh, we were wired for optimism. And guess what? We still are. Amen.